Welcome to the All Financial Hour podcast with Steve All. But Steve, this is probably a question you get all the time. And if you're planning to leave an inheritance to your adult children, at what age would they most benefit from it? And the authors of the book, Die Broke, they argue that the money would mean a lot more to them when they're still young and getting started than it would in their 50s and 60s. In other words, the authors say you should give the money now versus waiting until you're gone. So what are your thoughts on this? My, my idea around passing assets to children is, I, I, I hate to say it, I believe the client needs to be taken care of first. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think if we have sufficient assets and we start to look at our own retirement and say, that I really am not going to need this money, I, I always look at it, would you rather your children find out about it you know, when you're no longer there or would you rather see the look on their face now? And I, and I think a lot of people come back and say, I'd rather look at it now. Well, Kevin had come in. Him and his wife had gotten a divorce. They had three children. Mm-hmm. And he looked at it and he says, you know, my pension covers more than my expenses. Social Security is going to turn on in a couple years. And I don't even need the money now. What should I do? And that's when we looked at it and said, well, why don't we look at the life insurance financial tool for your three children? If we look at it right now and we stay within the gift limits of $15,000 a year per child, we can do it for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, whatever you want to do Mm -hmm. to give that to them. So we look at it and the question is, well, what benefit is that for the children? And I said, well, one, it guarantees their insurability. Two, they'd have the availability of tax advantage distributions when they pull the money out if done properly. It's considered a loan and it's not taxable income. Hmm. They would have a death benefit if they prematurely pass. And the third thing is if they have a chronic illness, long-term care exposure type of a thing, the chronic illness rider could be used to assist in paying those long-term care costs. So that would be the benefit of the child. Then the next thing, Kevin, well, what's in it for me? And I said, one, we can shift some of the large amount of IRA assets that you have in your accounts, pull the money out, pay the taxes, and then put it in for the kids. So we make tax efficiency for you in the future. You, since you put the money in, would be able to pull that money out of the life insurance contract. The kids pull it out, they can give it to you. Hmm. Tax advantage. Then the big thing that I look at it for the parent is... You're passing assets to your grandchildren. If you taught your children and they use it wisely, they can pull some income out of it for themselves. But if they're good stewards of the money that you had, when they pass away, it would actually go down to your grandkids. And we don't have a lot of generation skipping things that we can do. This is one of the tools that allows us to do this. So as, as I look at it, it's changed. How can we use different tools to do the things that were a lot easier in the past, taxes. Taxes, taxes, Income. taxes. Income. Yep. Passing on a legacy for my family. They keep changing the rules to make those things more difficult, which helps keep people like me in business to try to figure out what we need to do so that we can still do these things within the laws. Uh-huh. And, and take advantages of the tax situations that we currently have to pass it on to the heirs. If you've never been talked to about how life insurance could possibly be used to enhance not only just your estate, but to pass money on to your children or your grandchildren, please 
give me a call. Let's sit down and talk about the different tools that we could use to enhance your estate. You may have seen that the Census Bureau story about Texas and Florida being the fastest growing states population wise. Well, it just so happens that both these states are actually considered to be low tax states. And Jimmy Petronas, who is the CFO of the state of Florida, tells Fox Business that's a big attraction for people who are tired of paying high taxes. Let's just talk about the empty nesters from New York, from New Jersey. They decide to leave the tax hell that those states are in and move to the state of Florida. They're going to bring their investments, their retirement wealth, and they're going to move to a state with lower taxes. They're a couple that they have done their hard work and enjoying life, and now they look to retire in the beautiful Sunshine State. We, we let them keep their money. So I get what he's saying here, and, and I totally understand people that pick up and want to move, but what if I want to stay here? Is there something I can do to be you know, better tax efficient and lower these tax bills? Well, people are surprised every time we do one of our classes on retirement that I'll make a statement that somebody in this class could qualify for a zero tax retirement. And I get the looks like, what do you mean zero Probably tax the retirement? same look I'm giving you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They get, I get that deer in a headlight look. And, and David McKnight wrote a very good book called The Power of Zero. And it does talk about how we can shift dollars from tax deferred accounts to tax free accounts and the benefits of doing that. And then Martin Ruby came up with a, a no compromise retirement plan. It's a wonderful book that talks about the fact that retirement today is completely different than what retirement was for our parents and our grandparents. Our, our, our parents and grandparents had pensions, social security. Most of them were children of the depression era mm -hmm. parents. So, so they saved their own money. And, and now we look at it. Most people don't have pensions. Social security is a question mark. Yep. And then the big question is, did I save enough for my own retirement? So the idea around it of it is, is we've got a completely different retirement picture than what we had 25 or 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Are we still using the same thought process to do retirement? You know, I'll put my money in a nest egg. I'll pull three to 4% out of it, make seven and I'll be fine. The good 4% rule. Well, it was a rule that worked about 85% of the time. Yeah. But now we look at it and I said, would you get on an airplane if they said they had an 85% chance of landing in Chicago? Uh, probably not. Probably <laughs> not. But we'll do retirement that way. Right. So we look at it and say, here are some different books that I like that have the availability to show you that retirement's different. What I'd like to say, this no compromise retirement plan. I'm going to say take the first five, 10 callers that call in. We'll get you that book. It does talk about the different philosophies that we look at. Taxes are going to be a major part of retirement. Two, how could I possibly use different tools that have been around for a very long time, but they haven't been talked about much except for the last four to five years? The life insurance financial tools have been used by people that have very large wealth for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking at it to the point that the average person, it can make a big difference in the taxability of your retirement. Because when I ask the question, where do you think taxes are going to be in the, in the future? Everybody says they've got to be hired to pay for everything that we're promising right now. And I'm saying, yes, we do. So how can I possibly shift taxes now 
so that I don't have to pay them in the future? And how can I do that systematically that makes sense? And where would I put the money if and when I did it? Roths are very good. Life insurance financial tools are very good. Both of those can make it so it's going to be more advantageous for you in retirement. Remember, we're in historically low tax rates right now. Mm -hmm. If Congress does nothing in 2026, they're going back up to what they were at the 2017 rates. So I don't believe they're going to do nothing. I believe they will raise them before. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I agree. Yeah. We have to look at it. If taxes are going to be high in the future, why don't we do something about it now? now? It's the old Fram oil filter commercial when we were kids. What did we hear? You can pay me now or you can pay me later. Either way, well, I'm getting I the money. <laughs> the IRS is looking at that right now. And if we could put a plan together that you could efficiently pay taxes at a rate you choose versus waiting to figure out what Congress is going to do so that you get to pay the rate they want you to pay in the future, I think it could be very, very beneficial. Thanks for listening to the All Financial Hour podcast. Catch the full show Saturday at 7 a.m. on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Steve All is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The All Financial Group, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and the All Financial Hour podcast are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Insurance license in the state of Missouri. Insurance license number 8039738.